right, you hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters with, to me is that, of course, those Philadelphia Eagles took those Dallas Cowboys behind the shed and whooped up on them. Bad, real bad. It was one of them old school whoopings, the kind where your mama said, drop them. <laughs> you get a beating like you'll never forget for the rest of your life. Uh, that's the way the Philadelphia Eagles handled their business. The first half, of course, you all know it was a little ner- I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. But ultimately, uh, the Eagles settled down, went in and made some adjustments, came back the second half and balled out. Uh, you know, that, that, that's the type of thing where you know that all things are clicking on all cylinders. Coaching, special teams, offense, defense. Everything's clicking because you, you go in and it's like a, a different team comes in. The second half to play then showed up in the first half. And you're like, okay, where was that team at? You know, put a big 30 bomb up on the, you know, on the scoreboard the second half. Philadelphia Eagles look good on, in all aspects of, of the game. Cowboys were said to have quit. Now, I can tell you this. Um, there is ways of which you could measure uh, when a team, it, it's, it's the eye test. You can see if a team has quit. Uh, it's not so much of, uh, even though I think Ajay said that they quit, um, a lot of it has to do with the fact of uh, how many people are on the tackle? How many people are tackling you? If you're getting tackled by one person, chances are they have quit because the rest of the guys are not running to the ball. They're not pursuing the ball. You know, if, uh, if, if there's a, every time you turn around, it seems like as soon as you get the ball, it's people all in your face. You know, you know they're very aggressive and they're giving it everything they got. But when the game seems to get a little easier and you're breaking tackles, you know, and there's nobody else to come back and, you know, tackle you again, then everything's all right. <laughs> then, then everything's good to go. But uh, they obviously felt that the Cowboys gave up. And for somebody to beat you that bad in the second half and you don't respond at all, and, you know, it wasn't anything about the Cowboys that looked like they were really competing as, as hard as they could. We saw that with uh, Russell Wilson and, and his team. They, they, they battled to the very end, gave it everything they had. So I was very pleased with, uh, with the win. I think uh, I'm not going to – well, I, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that we've won the East. I, I think it's going to be hard for, uh, for anybody to come back and, you know, after us being out the way we are now. And us, of course, you know, there's times where I become, I become the homer that I am and us being the Philadelphia Eagles, um, I just don't think that uh, – you know, you got um, a, a, a four-game lead over the second-place Dallas Cowboys. We nine and one, and they five and five. Just don't think it's going to turn around like that. Just don't see it happening. Glad to see them just doing good in all all phases of the game, all aspects of the game, everything. And again, on the road. Sometimes some, there's some people out there believe that it's easy to win on the road. It is not. Dallas is one of the most hostile environments you can ever play in. The, the crowd is extremely loud. You try to make changes, audibles. The communication is very difficult when you play in Dallas, in Dallas Stadium. The environment is just it's somewhat intimidating. 
They're a team that wins at home. It's one of those games where you look at the schedule and you see you play Dallas in Dallas, you don't automatically chalk that up. You know, there's such a thing as home field advantage. There's a reason why that exists. There is an advantage to playing at home. So you're in a disadvantage if you the team that's playing them. We wiped all that out. It's funny because a guy called me, uh, a friend of mine called me, and he uh, lives down there in, in, in Dallas. And I'm going to put him on blast right now, Randy Roberts. I'm going to put him on blast. And Randy asked me, you know, in a friendly bet, I think I probably wanted, you know, uh, for him to buy me um, probably a smoothie or something like that. Oh, I do have a cocktail every now and then, but that's not what I was betting Randy for. Uh, he wanted me to give him eight points. I'm like, really? I understand that, you know, three of your best players were not, was not in. Zeke Elliott, I, come on now, I'm a Buckeye, so you know, I'm, I'm, you know, if the Cowboys aren't playing the Eagles, I would like to see the Ohio State Buckeyes perform well. So I'm a Zeke fan. Uh, but uh, you can rest assured, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, that uh, that had a lot to do with the game outcome. I think Zeke would have had an impact on the game. Uh, certainly their offensive tackle, their left tackle would have helped contribute to the production as well as their middle linebacker. And, and when you're missing that many people, it, it does make a difference. But I'm not making excuses. The bottom line is you got a roster. You have 55 men, 45 men on your roster. You, you better get what you need on that roster. Chances are somebody's going to go down. And when they go down, just the mere fact that your backup is in is not an excuse for losing. They're professional football players. And I understand, you know, they say, okay, well, look at Aaron Rodgers and Brett Huntley goes in. You don't expect Brett Huntley to perform at, at the level of Aaron Rodgers. But you expect them to perform like an NFL player and like one of the best athletes in the world. And with that being the case, then uh, they should perform well. So I, I think my dear friend Keith, who I want to apologize again because we're running a little late. I was. Uh, Keith is here to... Uh, Enjoy the victory with me. Um, Keith, are you with me? Yes, I am, Ray. I'm here. And enjoying every minute of it. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, it's one of those things where they, they, they said that the uh, Cowboys, it's been said that the Cowboys gave up. And, uh, you know, and Ajay, I believe, said that. Um, Keith, I, I would say this. You know, a lot of times when you see a team that has given up, you know, where you don't see a lot of pursuit. You only see one person making a tackle. Everybody's the energy that you normally see at the beginning of the game is not there. Did did it appear to you at, at some point in time in late in the second half that the Cowboys had given up? Uh, actually, I don't think they gave up. I mean, you took a look at the faces. I think they tried the best. They probably ran out of gas after the first half, and uh, they just couldn't handle a rejuvenated Eagles team that came out in the second half. What do you think? Uh, what, what do you they, think was so much different that the Eagles did in the second half than what they were able to do in in, in the first half? Obviously, they scored more points, they moved the ball, but um, anything in particular? You think they they made some adjustments? Uh, you think the Cowboys missed tackles? You think the Cowboys missed blocks? Uh, what stood out the most to you that you could say attributed to the Eagles playing much better in the second half than the Cowboys did? I think one of the things was probably what happened at halftime. I'm pretty sure that uh, Frank Wright and, and, and Doug Peterson just told him to forget about the first half. Uh, think second half, play Eagle football, and take it from there. Uh, and I think that's pretty much what they did. 
the defense, this line is, is just very good. Although Cowboys were able to pull off some nice runs in the second half, and that did surprise me. Um, but overall, I just think the overall talent, and like you said uh, earlier, I mean, you can't miss that many key players on, on the opposing team. You're missing a middle linebacker, that's a key player on the defense. You're missing a left tackle. You're missing a, a running back that basically has been the core of, of how you build the rest of your offensive plays. Uh, you may have quality backs to replace them, but it just doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in one week. It takes a while for you any offense to, to re-gel around new players. Now, now, Keith, you know, you got some some talking heads on what I call the big boy show sometimes. They want to say that uh, that the uh, distraction contributed to the loss, the, the distraction being, of course, Jerry Jones. Uh, do you buy into that? No, I don't. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I agree with you as well. Uh, and why do you not buy into that, Keith? The Dallas team, the players, They've been around that organization long enough to bypass that as a distraction. They're football players. They know the show part of the game. They know the football part of the game. Um, this late in the season, you're concentrating on the football part of the game. You're concentrating on doing the best you can for 60 minutes to get to the playoffs and then getting through the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, there's many times that when you're in the locker room, unless it's something personal, <clears> now uh, you know, and even the personal aspect of it, even with Zeke, the personal aspect that he had to deal with it because it was him uh, that was uh, facing uh, the suspension. So therefore, he could be thinking about it, or he maybe he had a court hearing coming up, or something, and he knew there was information that he needed to recall. That you know he might have been thinking about that instead of looking at his playbook or watching the films and concentrating on that. Individually, it could be a distraction, but as a team as a whole, I'm going to agree with you. It's not a distraction. You got to go out. You got to play football, and you know whatever your job and your responsibility is, it, it's, it's your job. A distraction can, is not going to prevent you from making a tackle. A distraction is not going to uh, make you throw an interception. A distraction is not going to uh, uh, help you make a block or, or miss a, uh, a tackle or a block. So I, I'm not going to buy into that at all. But, but let's, let's, let's stay right there for a minute, if, if, if we will. Uh, in terms of the Cowboys, uh, the production of Des Bryant, it seems to be down a little bit. Do, do you think it's time for... Uh, has Dez seen his best days? Uh, I think they're like the Eagles are going through some transition. You know, Witten's nearing the end. Uh, but they're also really getting used to, you know, to, that, to a new quarterback in the second year. And uh, I think that's, that's part of it. They're, they're trying to grow together and also make some changes. Their defense um, is quietly good. Uh, their D backs are kind of like our D backs in Philly, and they're developing. It's one side is developing a little faster than the other at this point. Um, I think the next couple of years are going to be real tough in that division. Yeah, I, I think uh, for so long, um, you know, Des Bryant was a major part of that, and 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 so was Witten, and uh, they were able to help them. They were help them able to help them win games. Um, it, it was a situation where they were dominant their position. And, and you could count on them to actually win games now. I think now it's uh, Dak, of course, he has to throw the ball to them. But I still think now that they rely more on Dak and, of course, uh, a person who was not there to contribute 
uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, they, they, they look to him to make a lot of uh, big plays. And that, that's what Dallas, there was no big plays uh, from the Cowboys. So uh, I think it's time, you know, there comes a point in time where you, uh, uh, some people call it a youth movement. But you certainly have to use your, your draft picks and, and concentrate on areas. You know where the production is coming from. You know what the expectations are. You know, if, you're, if you want to have a, a team that, you know, you're equally strong and, and running as you are in passing, then you've got to have running backs and, and wide receivers. And if you, um, you know, same thing on defense. If, if you want to be able to stop the run, uh, you've got to have some big boys up front that can stop the run, and you've got to have – uh, some guys back there in the secondary that can help you stop the pass. But you can't have teams coming in and scoring 30 points on you at home in the second half when it's time to close the game out and, and think that you're going to uh, be the head up the, the division. So, so going in, uh, Keith, uh, were you as confident as you were uh, in the middle of the uh, third quarter uh, about the Eagles' uh, performance? I was... Uh I was actually a little bit surprised that the Eagles played uh, that well and that dominantly. That's kind of how they've been playing in the first half of games. Uh, but like things, once they get rolling and once they get their momentum going, it's tough for anybody to stop them. The person really can stop them themselves. Um, I think right now they're building a, a good team. Uh, they got some good quality players and they're developing a sound running game. Their passing game is is good. Um, the quarterback still has some development to do, but he's under the tutelage of, I mean, two quarterbacks that got, what, 25 years' worth of experience in Frank Wright and Doug Peterson, and Wright's been to the playoffs. He's been through the playoffs. Um, so he got a young quarterback who's, who's in good hands. Uh, that certainly is uh, something that I think we should not just skim over. The fact that they've got an offensive coordinator and a head coach that, that's been a quarterback, both of them in the National Football League, I think that helps them. Uh, I think that helps Carson uh, Wentz uh, tremendously. Uh, there are many times, you know, where you can have conversations with people about sports, and it's one of those things where they say, well, just because you, you know, a person didn't play, does that mean they, they can't uh, have an opinion or or, or be an expert in the, um, you know, as it relates to having or contributing, uh, let, let's say, um, conversation to it, um, bringing an analogy of a game. I believe, I believe you can watch a game and study it and, and, and know enough to talk about it and, and provide commentary. But when it comes to performing, I think that's just something different, you know? I mean, being a quarterback... Uh, in the National Football League, that you know, have all these people around you and coming at you, and you got the ball, and everybody's coming at you. You know, I, I think that's just something different. I think that's something where uh, uh, Wentz has certainly benefited from having two quarterbacks uh, as his direct bosses that he answers to every day and communicates with every day, consistently, continually, all the time. And they've been they've been in the battle. They know exactly when he says what he saw or what he didn't see. Uh, they know what he what he did and what he didn't do. They, they you know in terms of a lot of people talk about reading defenses. These guys know how to read a defense. So he could say something to them about what he saw, and uh, they could say, well, you know, we saw something totally different. And I'm sure they can go to the tape and show him. So I think there's a tremendous uh, advantage for him having the type of people and the toolage that he's able to receive and who he receives it from that gives uh, him um, 
a tremendous advantage. As a matter of fact, going into the game, Keith, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about we had these two second-year quarterbacks, sophomore quarterbacks, and, uh, you know, who's the, who's the better? Who's the better quarterback? They were talking about it all week. The stats are very similar. But uh, going into the game, did you have a different opinion of, of, of Dak versus uh, Wentz, or did, you, or did the opinion not change after the game? Uh, no, actually, I mean, your observation was almost the same as mine. I really wanted to see how two second-year quarterbacks uh, really did in a game where one was faced with adversity that big time. I mean, he's facing a hot team coming in. He doesn't have 100% of, of his players around him. Uh, how's he going to react? How is his coaching staff going to help him? And then we're looking at the other team coming in hot but coming off the bye. How's that coach and how's that team going to keep the momentum or come out rusty, which is what they did, and can they adjust? Um, it looked like Dak is trying to take, I think, a little bit more on his shoulders, and he's really ready to. At this point, I don't know whether that's Dak or the coaching staff. Um, Wentz didn't have great stats. He was off in terms of his timing in the first half. Um, he gave away a gift interception to a D-back at the 30-yard line. I just dropped the ball. They'd have been down by another six real fast on a terrible throw. I don't know what he was looking at, <laughs> but he seemed to get together as he went on. His numbers weren't that great, by the way. He had less than 200 yards passing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but, but the thing about it is that they were making plays when they needed to, and, 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 that, and those plays, uh, he was completing the ball when he needed to, and the running backs were getting the first downs when he needed to. We, we, yep. we, we retained the ball, so we had possession of the ball. And uh, many times, you know, um, you, you look at a quarterback and you look at his numbers and the 300 is, that's the money number. That's what they're looking for, 300 yards passing. You know, they're looking for 300 yards passing. They're looking for about, you know, um, 150 yards rushing. You know, that, that's a good game. That's 450 yards of offense there, you know. Uh, that's a good day for an offense, you know. And, and, and the Eagles certainly uh, surpassed that. Uh, came close to almost both guys having 100 yards rushing. Uh, but but Carlson, I think he's making, Wentz is making some good decisions with the ball, with the exception of the one bad one he made, right. Uh, he's making some good decisions. He's taking care of the ball. And, and that is, you hear them say that all the time, but that is extremely important. First of all, you can't, you can score without the ball, but it's better that you score with the ball, that, you're, that your offense is scoring and not necessarily you counting on your defense to score. You, you want your defense to help change field position, you know, to pin them down, to keep them out the red zone so you got a better chance to score. Um, so I, I would say that it's certainly in this match, um, on, on this pass game, certainly our quarterback looked better than their quarterback. Uh, on an ongoing basis, I mean, I think I, I like the fact that uh, Wentz is tall and long. I, I like that he's tall and long. He's fluid. He's very athletic. Um, surprisingly, you can say that and, and, and be talking about Wentz. Uh, yes, he's athletic. He's, he's an intelligent quarterback. He makes the right decisions. His, his uh, teammates tend to kind of gather around him, and everybody believes in him. He's got command of the huddle. Uh, he distributes the ball amongst everybody. It seems like everybody's happy. And, uh, and, and the coaches don't look too disappointed from him. You know, many times, you know, you can read 
the body language of the coach on the sideline if they're happy or unhappy with their quarterback. And um, certainly looks like everybody's uh, everybody's happy with the way he's performing. So, uh, so that's good. I think we came out not. Nah, I don't think we had any injuries this weekend either, did we, Keith? Yeah, the kicker got bell wrong. Oh yeah, the kicker got yeah concussion protocol. Right. Yeah, but uh, but the linebacker steps in and man, he's knocking the ball out the park. You know, so. Uh, it's interesting. That but was that, my concern. Yeah, I, I was worried about the linebackers. They're very thin at linebacker, but they've been so far healthy and no more injuries. Um, but they're not real deep at linebacker. The guys they have are playing well. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. That's where they're vulnerable. Yeah, well, you know, one thing about it, too, you know, uh, kicking off is a little different than kicking field goals. So uh, did we bring anybody in this week? No, nah, they're, they're going to kind of run through it. They don't think it's too bad. Um, listen to the sports shows today and reading the papers last night. Now, they're not looking to bring anybody in. They think he's going to be able to shake it. Was it concussion protocol? Yeah, he's in protocol, but it didn't seem to be. They're not talking big about it. Mm, so. Well, again, I'm always concerned about that because, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's one of those things. You don't play it cheap. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Especially. And, and like you say, kick off, man, you're real vulnerable. That's exactly right. And uh, those kickers every now and then find themselves in a position where they get compromised because they're trying to make tackles, and that's not what they do. We're going to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. My friend Keith calling in from the city of brotherly love where the Philadelphia Eagles flew down to Dallas and took care of them cowboys. So we'll be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. (laughs) 
All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, been taking the time out to to go down memory lane and think about the Cowboys and Eagles games and uh, reviewing that uh, past uh, behind the shed whooping we put on them. And I'm so happy about that. Make my turkey go down a little easier. Um, my stomach won't be all upset because, you know, when the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, it takes a little while to get over that, Keith. You know, it, it's not, uh, you know, and we've, we've been, uh, I think we've been pretty dominant for a, for a while. Uh, the Cowboys haven't really been relevant as it relates to, uh, you know, going into the playoffs and, and being anything that we really have to worry about. And, and perhaps that we thought this year might have been that year, but, but that didn't happen. But um, some think they still got a chance to uh, maybe make a wild card or something like that. But there, there was a couple teams that played last night that, uh, of course, uh, uh, they could represent, um, it could be uh, in the Super Bowl uh, along with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that, of course, was the Falcons and the Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell just, you know, th this is what I talk about, uh, how, how important it is to understand the fact that it is the ultimate team sport. Regardless of how good you are, it's still a team sport. And I think if it was ever so relevant, it was last night. Russell just could not carry the entire team on his back. Uh, did you enjoy watching him play last night, Keith? you think he performed well? No, I actually, I, I watched that game very closely because uh, I really wanted to see uh, now if the Seahawks don't have Sherman, and they've got some pieces missing on defense, how they would play. Uh, I was really surprised to see that... Um, Wilson had had to carry it so much. Uh, he was kind of like Dak last night. He had to carry an awful lot that normally he doesn't have to carry an offense like that. Yeah, he he, he even has to carry uh, uh, some of the coaching because his coach, uh, for some reason or another, continues to want to make these um, lifetime boo-boos that people will always remember, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fourth and, what was it, fourth and maybe one? And you, you, they, they always say you don't take points off the board. And the reason why they say you don't take points off the board is because they feel pretty much like at a certain distance, a field goal kicker is, you know, as guaranteed. Um, at that time, was their kicker okay? Um, yeah. What is he seeing and nobody else yeah, sees? Yeah, certainly what they could have done is, if anything, they could have thrown a pass and make, to get a little closer. But certainly a, a fake field goal no, no. Anytime, first of all, people should understand that the special teams only get a chance to go out probably a quarter of the place. So every fourth play, there's a chance that the special teams are on the field. And when they're out there, the ball's always being kicked. So the one thing that the special team coach reminds you of is, you know, is to make sure you do your responsibilities and be alert for a fake punt or a fake kick. And so they got that information going in. So I don't know why, you know, it, it, sometimes it's just about execution. And as he said, if, if, if the guy makes the block, you know, then it's, it's a great play. Well, that's like every play. If a guy misses a tackle or if a guy catches a ball or if a, or if a guy, uh, you know, uh, does something, it, it could be, it could go just the opposite, you know, but it, it's not 50-50 when it comes to that. You know, this is a day of analytics, so the analytics should say, 
you know, looking at the percentages that there's a greater chance that you won't make this than that you will. And whoever their analytical people are, they didn't they didn't they didn't get that right. <laughs> because it's just no, you don't you don't need that one at that particular time. No. Yeah. No. So um but but Pete is um again, I will give him credit. Um he does get his team prepared to go out and compete. The Seahawks don't get blown out. The Seahawks don't they don't they don't look they make bad plays, but they don't look bad. The team doesn't look bad. Uh yeah, they've got an exceptional man at the quarterback position that has all the attributes that you need to be a quarterback. I don't believe, you know, when they talk about pocket quarterbacks, Keith, I think that a quarterback needs to be able to do whatever he should do and needs to have the ability to do whatever he needs to do in order to make his team win. I, I don't believe in the pocket quarterback per se. If a guy's got to scramble and run away from a defensive lineman, he needs to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, You're absolutely right. Yeah. So that's, what, so I mean, that's, that's the quarterbacks that you see today. Yeah. I mean, other than Tom Brady... And actually, Tom Brady just has really good footwork that you really don't see. That's right. Uh, that you know, he stays mobile enough in the in the pocket to get things done. And, and Tom, what Tom does is Tom knows his speed. So Tom knows when the pocket is collapsing on him. He knows when he should run and where he should run, because you know w- w- there's a certain time in a in a play whereas if you run straight up the middle. You know, that, that's a, the quickest way to get to the goal line is straight up the middle. But, but also, you know, running up the middle, there are people who can collapse and come from everywhere. When you, when you go and take different angles, different angles allow you to perhaps maybe reach a point of destination before somebody else because they can't take, the, uh, you know, an angle, you know, to come behind you. And, and I think Tom does that extremely well. The way he moves around in that pocket, he's aware of where people are. He knows where every receiver that is running the route. That's what I think some people, when it comes to Tom Brady, Keith, as a point of explanation in terms of um, letting people know how he's able to complete so many passes because he knows the responsibility of every receiver. So it's almost like closing his eyes and then opening them up and looking in the right direction as to where somebody's supposed to be, and he knows it. And that, and that allows him to deliver the pass and on time, and you just got to give the man credit. Do you, you know, are we, are you, do you think we're looking at uh, them coming out of the AFC uh, or are we going to have a different representative this year? It's going to be either them or Pittsburgh. Uh, which a big band is, is starting to look uh, like a man who maybe he isn't ready to retire. Uh, no. But, but that, that retirement conversation, let me tell you something. That, that retirement conversation is one that I used to have with myself, Keith, when I was in Cleveland. And, and that is because when when you're active and and you're taking blows uh and you go home and you're by, and you're laying down in the body in the bed like I was laying in the bed uh last night and the last few nights I've been having terrible problems with my shoulder but the body start you start feeling pain <laughs> you know and and regardless if you win or lose pain hurts and yeah. and so Ben you know who uh, in the off season realized that okay man he's been getting beat up pretty bad uh, he started thinking about it. Tom, on the other hand, doesn't get beat up, and, and Tom takes care of his body a little bit more than uh, and better than Ben does. So that, that that's a little difference. But but I, I'm liking what the Steelers have now. I I tell you what, I would be a little disappointed uh, if the Steelers didn't make it deep into the playoffs. I, I really would. There's no reason that they shouldn't be in the AFC Championship game. That's what I mean by deep. And, and even it would surprise me, as you said, if they're if they're not. 
representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I, I really think it, it wouldn't that be something if we had a Pennsylvania Super Bowl. It would be very nice to have a Pennsylvania Super Bowl. Be even better to have that trophy on the east side of the state <laughs> versus the west. Yeah, that trophy's been going all around us. It's been uh, it's been to the south of the state. It's been to the. Uh, to the uh, east of the going state, to the, to the west of the west, state, west, yeah, yeah, right. it goes up there to New York. It goes uh, uh, west over there to, uh, to the Steel Curtain. It goes down south to to the Redskins, uh, but it, it won't stop in the city of brotherly love. You know where where America's you know started. So bring it home. It's, it's time for us to bring it home. But uh, yeah, that that would be something for the state uh, to have both its teams playing in the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Uh, but it, it, it's one of those things where um, I'm, I'm looking at um, the Steelers. The Steelers got everything working for them right now, man. I mean, they, that, that, that defense, they got the defensive line is hot. They're starting to make some plays. Uh, secondary is hot. They're certainly making plays. You, you're looking at the wide receiver, Antonio Brown, playing as good as he's ever played. Ben, the, the, run, the running game is good for them. Being patient. Do you see any weakness with the Steelers over there? No, I don't. I, I think they're gelling at the right time. Um, I think that they are—they're going to make a serious run. It's uh, my thoughts are this: if they stay healthy, and it's a question of whether how healthy New England is, uh, which is always a challenge for New England. If they if they stay healthy, it's going to be one heck of a battle. Um, but I would not. Be, be surprised to see Pittsburgh. I would not be surprised to see a Pittsburgh and Philly uh, Super Bowl in Minnesota, of all places. Right. Be I'd love to get the <laughs> Super Bowl at the coldest place of the year. Exactly. Now, one thing about this little controversy within that division uh, with the Patriots, and, that, and that's the Bills uh, and that little quarterback uh, scenario they had going on up there. You know, they were in a position where perhaps maybe they were, you know, vying for a wild card position because we know the East is going to be won by the Patriots. Yeah, that's a given. We 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 already yep. knew that. So, uh, whereas they they were in uh, a good spot, and they're still in a good spot uh, to perhaps maybe be a, a wild card. Uh, what what do you think about uh, the Bills in that little scenario they had with their quarterback? Was that a knee jerk reaction? They did it a little too fast, or what do you think? Uh, Taylor will be back. I think that's McDermott being a young coach. Yeah, I, and, and, I, and I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's one of those things I think Tyrod will be back. Uh, I think the game, uh, the Bills will look different this week. Um, I think uh, I'm a little concerned about the play. Now, I guess things have changed a lot, Keith. But, you know, coaches normally don't go to players and have conversations with them about changing their quarterbacks. Now, from what I heard, there was some conversation up there in Buffalo about Brad Coach maybe considering making a change. I know as hell, I, I wouldn't want Coach, you know, going behind my back in the secondary meeting. I'm in the bathroom and he asking guys, hey, guys, you know, we think about uh, moving Ray out here. Now, that sounds like something Buddy Ryan might have did back in the day. I didn't know. I need to ask some of the guys. I need to call Elbert and ask him, hey, man, did, when I went to the bathroom, did Buddy tell y'all he's going to get rid of me, you know? But, uh that, that's that's just uh, really interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. Hey, one other thing I wanted to ask you, because I can't ask anybody else but you. Uh, you're there in Philadelphia, obviously, Keith. Uh, I'm sure the, the cameras and microphones are around. Um, Jeffrey Lurie, um, has Jeffrey had an opinion or made a statement or a comment 
on what's going on with Jerry Jones? Uh, no, he hasn't. He's, he's pretty quiet. I think he's at this moment just enjoying watching uh, his team become his team and his organization again after surviving the Chip Kelly era. Uh, I think right now Jeffrey's just kind of just concentrating on the Eagles, uh, letting the league business handle the league business. I'm sure he has an opinion on it, but he hasn't said too much in the press around here. Well, I'm glad you said he's enjoying uh, football and the success of his team because, um, you know, he did uh, buy the team and, uh, you know, Donovan took them to a Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but but he knows what it's like to, to, to go to the dance, to get an invitation to the dance. Uh, he just didn't get a dance when he was there, but uh, got an invitation, and it's good to see the Eagles. I, I think it's just good for football when the Eagles are good, uh, and uh, because it's such a, it's one of the older franchises, um, and um, a lot of people got a lot of fans all over. The Eagles travel well. As a matter of fact, they're going to be in LA um, coming up pretty soon, a couple of weeks, and I think I may go out there to, to take a look at them, see them up close. But certainly uh, they got the Bears coming up. You, you think, you know, I've heard people use the term this week. They've been talking about trap games, whether it be basketball or football. And um, I'm not sure how they define trap games. Uh, but but I, I will say this, that uh, a trap game, in my opinion, is a game that one, is one of those games where you look on the players, look on the schedule. And they, the players, not the fans, but the players look at it and, 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 and count it as a victory. And so when they do that, then you forget about it on, on any given Sunday. And so based upon records and, and how well they're playing, there could be a letdown and they could possibly not prepare for the Bears like they prepare for the Cowboys. They trap themselves. If that happens, they they trap them. That's not a trap game. That's you you yourself not doing what you should do. And so, do you think there's a chance for a letdown this week um, when when they play the Bears when the Bears come into town? It's, it's an extreme possibility, and it's really going to be a test of the coaching staff to keep that from happening because these guys are young. He's got a really pretty young team. Uh, the two challenges I see coming up are exactly that. Um, it's the Bear game, where the Bears have a really good defense, not much on offense, but they got a really good defense. And the other game is going to be the Rams game. Well, see, the Rams game, I don't think the Rams is going to be a trap. The only reason why I don't think the Rams is going to be a trap, the Rams is going to be a problem because it's that West Coast trip they're taking. I think they're going to be away from home for a few weeks. But right. the, the fact with the Rams is the Rams record says to you, you need to take a look out for them and get ready for them. The Rams, when you see the Rams on film, you're going to see, you know, some good ball players on film when you see the Rams play. You know, uh, Chicago, uh, some sloppy football, no real superstars, um, all pros, you know, a lack of that, you know. So uh, it, it, it could be <clears throat> the situation where it's just, you know, take any other team for granted. And like you said, when you play with young ball players, young ball players, a lot of times a young ball player, their whole life they've been waiting to play against this person. You know, they've been waiting to make a touchdown on, you know, they play with these guys in the video game. <laughs> so now <laughs> now they're playing against them. So they they've been wait they've had this on the, you know, just like you look on the schedule and you say that's a loss. Somebody else looks on the schedule and say, okay, 
I, that's my chance to go up against Carson Wentz. And I, I want to have the best game I've ever had, you know. Um, that's my chance, you know, to, uh, to, to, block, uh, to block long and to block him well because everybody's going to be focused on him. I'm going to get some attention. So, it, it, you know, it's those kind of games. That, 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 that's what those trap games. Those trap games, basically, if they want to call them that, are games where guys are taking the other team for granted and hoping that um, they can just get an easy victory. So uh, the Giants got to win. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I, you know, Gi- Gi- you know. Again, Giants. It's important. That's the New York market. It's important for the Giants to do well because nobody counts on the Jets or the or the Bills to do well. So New York, it's important for the Giants for the Giants to be as bad as they are this year. Um, but but they won a the game on a very you know late controversial call. But you know it was a great great catch. Um, but what do you think about uh, the Giants, Keith? Have we seen the best of the Giants? Uh, certainly this year, you know, it, it, they came and went after the first game. Um, but looking forward to the future, uh, the Giants, as we know them, is that team gone? Is Eli, is, does Eli have any trade value or any value in order to retain him? Uh, Eli's got no trade value. And right now they're a train wreck. Um, I mean, they pretty much can write this year off. Uh, doesn't mean they don't play it through and play it with with intensity, but the reality is of making any kind of noise is, is obviously not there this year. They need to do a, a real serious look in the house and decide what direction they want to take and where they want to start rebuilding, uh, what they have to build around and what, what to keep and what to get rid of. Yeah, so it looks uh, like, uh, you know, even though it's through, you know, we got over the, the Chip Kelly I guess we kind of went through some of that, too, uh, whether it was, um, you know, a result of Chip doing the right things or the wrong things. But our team does look, look a lot different than it did when Chip Kelly was here. So whether if the Giants accidentally stumble upon it because of injuries or because of the fact that, you know, Eli's not playing well. And I'm sure certain Eli's not playing well because, you know, there's so many people that are not around him contributing. Uh, but they will they will look different. Uh, and so it looks like, uh, with the exception of the Eagles and the Cowboys, because they got Zeke and and they got Dak, they're gonna be there for a while. So those will be the faces of those of that franchise. I think we got a couple faces in our franchise uh, that are, that are mainstays that will be there for a while. And and I think the talent that we have, we should be able to ride it out now and for uh, a couple years in the future. So. Uh, hey, thanks for calling, Keith. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, it's that time where we're going to have to go. So, uh, uh, E-A-G-L-E-S. So, uh, I appreciate it. Good okay. talking with you. Go. Fly, Eagles, fly. You've been listening to Ray on the Sports <laughs> on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.